He uh, he went out drinking after work, which seems like you know a normal thing to do. Have a few pops. Sure. But then the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> night got away from him, and then he slept off his uh, his drunkenness. He was mad at his forties. He fell asleep on the street after drinking alcohol at a restaurant, and then when he woke up, his bag containing the flash drive was gone. And he works for a company that provides uh, benefits for tax exempt households and uh, things like that. He transferred all the residents' data onto a flash drive, which included, right, you said the names, birthdays, addresses, everything for a population of half a million people. It contained, it contained information like tax details, bank account names yeah. and numbers. It's just great. Households. And so that <laughs> he couldn't find the flash drive, so he filed a, uh, a lost property report according to the government, and then uh, that afternoon, the company had to notify city authorities about the loss. <laughs> Imagine telling your boss that. Like, hey, I'm going uh, to be a little late on the right. project. I, uh, I lost uh, the data. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? Like, you, uh, like the hard drive is, is bad, or you know, how'd you lose it? You know? Well, damn be that. I had it on me. I remember having it on me at happy hour. <laughs> like I'm just walking around town with this thing, drunk or not. <laughs> with this thing, how is this thing not handcuffed to you? Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics, plus everyday people, tell true drinking stories. Every week here on the Blackout Diaries, we are going to uh, tackle another topic revolving around drinking and nights that got away from us. This week is drinking on the job. Oh boy, (laughs) one of my favorites. It is one of your favorites, and that is Sean Flannery, the host of the Blackout Diaries, who is a fantastic, actually, expert on this uh, department, because you... Not only are you an, I would say, um, as they call, high-functioning alcoholic, as Dom Draper uh, kind of uh, cornered, but you, you have jobs where people you, you wouldn't even think about accusing someone to be drunk on because it's <laughs> such high-risk and such high-skilled. You're like, well, he's... Yeah, he might mess up, but he's obviously not drunk. No one would dare drink <laughs> on this job. Yeah, you might, you might think that, uh, you know... I don't know, like if if your uh, landscaper made a mistake, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. Like, some jobs are requ- some jobs are like a requ- you. Roofer, it's almost required you know? that they're messed up a little bit, like Seven Eleven or something, like late night. Yeah. Like if he's if he's not high, I'm worried, you know. Yeah. Like for some of these jobs, like those are the people that actually scare me. The sober people at some of these terrible jobs. You don't you don't expect it as much from a software engineer. Not as much. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> exactly. That's what. But I'm you'd saying. be surprised, <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah, this is going to be a fun topic for both of us. Uh, we got uh, some great uh, stories that we're going to, like yeah. uh, world stories from other people that have gotten drunk on their jobs that we're going to get to later. And see, uh, this is also a great topic for you because you have always, whether it was conscious or not, only worked in professions on the kind of opposite end where everyone's expected to be drunk. Yeah, yeah. Drinking is part of the culture. Poker player, yeah. stand up comic, performer. Yeah, I was bartender. All, all, all the uh, occupations where alcohol is part of the culture. And uh, now that I look back, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that was definitely the requirement I would have. I would think I would even make demands. Now, what is the drinking policy here? <laughs> Of, and then eventually it was all right. Why well, don't I have to be my own boss where I can be my own uh, drunk? But so yeah, that is CJ Sullivan. That's Sean Flynn. And our guest today, so Rob Furus, Furus, I knew I was going to mess. I, I was yep. looking at, and I, I don't, and I have to handle the pronunciations because you're t- traditionally terrible at them. And then I knew I was going to mess that one up. But so Rob's hilarious. He's got an amazing story about uh, being high on mushrooms. And working at Cedar Point and trying to operate the roller coasters, which is highly dangerous for the, the general public. <laughs> Trust me, it's funnier than the way I just sounded it <laughs> to make it sound, and, it, and no one gets hurt at the end of it. That's, that's, that's what we like. 
And then we can't always say that, but most Blackout Diary stories are not, not everyone. The Blackout Diaries, yeah. A lot of times, like our, our best story, it's almost like when you see the end of the movie and they're like, no animals were harmed mm-hmm. in the making of this movie. <laughs> right. you know, like, that's what we say. Like, <laughs> no innocent lives are. The, 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 the narrator no may. Yeah, the, that, that's all we strive for. Right. The narrator, yes. Very much so, a lot of the times. And they, they know what they signed up for. But his, his friends also deeply wounded, but we consider them guilty <laughs> by association. But the innocent people are all fine. Right. <laughs> so we're going to hear from Sorab now, and then we're going to interview him a little bit and uh, find out what exactly happened at Cedar Point. So here we are, without further ado, another chapter in the Blackout Diaries. Thank you so much. Hey, how you guys doing? How is everybody? I don't know where to put this. I'm going to put this right here. Let's see how this goes. Okay, it worked. Okay, all right. How is everybody? How are you guys? Ma'am, get off your phone. Get off your phone. We're not starting the show until you put the fucking phone down. Put the fucking phone. I'm not from this country. I'll hit a woman, all right? Let's, let's calm down. I don't know what you think this is. <laughs> Where is it coming from? It's from here? All right. Everyone in here looks so smart. Sir, you look smart as shit. What school did you go to? Mayo Clinic. That's... Is that a school, or...? I think he was just really sick. Let's pivot. Uh, All right, you guys look smart. I'm not smart. I went to a real dumb school. I went to a real dumb college. I went to Western Michigan University. Anybody know about Western Michigan? What are you whispering to her about? What's going on, right? Did you go there? She fucked a dude who went there. Was he dumb? Was he dumb? He's hot but dumb. Hot but dumb. That's that's what Western Michigan University is all about, baby. All right? Real dumb college. We didn't have... They literally let anybody in. I was part of that anybody. I had a real good time. That's a picture from one of the parties that I attended. We were a party school. We had a lot of fun, sir. We, we really drank quite a bit. I was in a fraternity. Also, think about Western. Our only famous alumni is Tim Allen. That's it. <laughs> That's literally it. And if you, I don't know if you know this, Tim Allen got kicked out of school for uh, cocaine possession, like a lot of cocaine. And he snitched on all his friends, and then he became a famous comedian. He's our favorite. He's everyone's favorite. We're a big fan. I was in a fraternity at Western Michigan University, right? That's an actual picture of some of the, the older brothers who were in the house when I joined. A bunch of douchebags, right? Not a lot of fun. But I, people are really blown away by the fact that I was in a fraternity because I'm not from this country. I was born in the Middle East. And I said that in a show once, and a, and a kid came up to me, and he was like, oh, you're from... Oh, this was me back in. That was that. Yeah. Was, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun, right? Uh, that's also, that, that's, uh, that's my friend Chris. Uh, that's my friend Chris. He actually, at one point, uh, took a dump in my cat's litter box while I lived there, a human dump. And I was so mad that years later I contacted a private investigator to help me get, in, get to find out who took a human shit in my litter box. And uh, I sent him this at his wedding. It was really funny. So we had a lot of fun. All right, here, I'm going to tell you guys some frat stories, all right? I'm going to tell you guys some frat stories. That kid in the middle, his name is Miguel. I'm a big fan of Miguel. One time Miguel did the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. He was at a party and he threw up outside, like, he threw up, it was really gross, and I heard the sorority girl go, oh my God, it looks like wood chips. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she thought of when she saw this pile of vomit, which was really interesting, because he had been eating a lot of pulled pork right before, <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Isn't that a horrible thing? He ate like a pound and a half of pulled pork. It was really funny. <laughs> that was a good time. All right, so, uh, moving on, I, uh, Oh, we're talking about mushrooms. Yeah, I uh, I sold a lot of mushrooms. That was my job at my fraternity. I saw. I do. I don't. I know someone will talk after the show, sir. I got your back. Uh, <laughs> you can wait to ask those questions, dude. Like, calm down. Uh, but I sold a lot of mushrooms. And here's the thing: I, who in, who in here likes mushrooms? You guys like mushrooms? A lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, there's a little place nearby called Cedar Point. Does anyone know about Cedar Point? Yeah. So the thing about Cedar Point is Cedar Point will give organizations money. Like if you're, like your fraternity wants to go work at Cedar Point, they won't pay you. They'll pay your student organization. So we found, we were broke. We found out about this. We were like, that's great. We heard a lot of bands went. Oh, that's the city of Sandusky. That's where, uh, that, yeah, it's named after uh, the guy who molested all those kids. <laughs> 
Really weird name for a town. Uh-huh. But we heard a lot of bands go, and we were like, oh, dope, Sublime's a band. We love Sublime. That'll be a lot of fun. But no, they met like these, this kind of band kids, right? A bunch of dorks, right? So here's my thing. I was like, I didn't know it was going to be dorks. I was like, I'm going to bring a lot of mushrooms and I'm going to sell them to the cool kids. But there were no cool kids. It was all dorks. I brought, I brought about a half ounce of mushrooms, right? That's what I brought with me, right? But here's the thing about when you get to Cedar Point. There's a lot of cops when you get to Cedar Point. So I rolled up at Cedar Point and I noticed that there were a lot of here with my fraternity brothers. I'm trying to get rid of the mushrooms as fast as possible. No one wants to eat them. So I'm like, guys, there's a lot of money. We got to eat them. I ate about a quarter and a half of mushrooms, right? I'm Middle Eastern. I'm not letting a good deal go. <laughs> I'm not wasting these fucking mushrooms. I'm going to eat them. I know, a quarter of it was a lot. And then, I, and then we had to go to work. I thought we would at least, like, sleep it off. But no, they, like, put us to work that afternoon, right? So we get there. And, and I initially thought in, on the website, they're like, oh, you just have to sweep. And I was like, I'll do that shit on mushrooms. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But no, were, you get there, and they're like, no, you have to do the fucking rides. I'm strapping people in to something that's about to go 150 miles an hour. I can barely see straight, right? So I have to get somebody's attention and be like, I don't think I'm capable of doing this. Without sounding hot, right? I have to be like, no, I'm just stupid. Like, I just... Listen, I'm dumb enough to fuck this up. And they're like, we've never had anybody say that. And I was like, that's fair. Uh, it's a miracle you got into college, as some I heard. Uh, so I was like, no, I, let me work at Joe Cool's Corner Store, right? That's what I wanted. So th this was about two or three hours into it. At one point, I blacked out. I don't remember what happened. I know it was wearing one of these dumb hats. <laughs> There's no evidence of this. I can just, uh, and then at one point, I tried to do a whip it, right? You know how you can do like a whip it? but I accidentally tried to do it out of a WD-40 can. That was some of my experience, right? <laughs> and then they eventually kicked me out of Cedar Point, and I unfortunately have a lifetime ban. Uh, I'm not allowed back at Cedar Point. I know, boo. All right, all right, I got one more. I got two more quick stories for you guys. This is, this is a really favorite. This is one of my favorite stories of all time. Now, these two guys are, uh, are Dan and Justin. They're like best friends. They're both dumb as shit, right? But they're great guys. They're wonderful people. Don't, you know, don't like be like, hey, watch my kid for a second. But it's fun. It's fun drinking with them. They're a good time. But they're really close, right? Like they're, but then one day they had a fight. And the fight was so bad that Dan photoshopped Justin out of his profile picture for Facebook. This is the actual profile picture. That's how bad the, and the fight got yeah, that's, not, that's a pretty bad Photoshop job. And the fight got worse. It got so bad that one day at their apartment, the Kalamazoo Police Department had to show up, right? And the Kalamazoo Police Department was so mad that they got in a fight late night over dumb shit that they cited them for domestic disturbance, right? <laughs> so they had to go to couples counseling classes. <laughs> it's the funniest thing that's ever happened. They only did like two classes because they showed up to the class and the, and the lady running the class was like, oh, the cop was just being an asshole. Like, we get it. <laughs> but they're stupid, right? They don't know. Like, any, any one of us, that would have happened to us. We'd be like, oh, the cop's just being an asshole. We don't actually need to go to the classes. These two went to the classes, right? <laughs> and they really grew as a friendship and then they eventually ended up marrying each other. They gay married. Uh, no, no, no. They were best men with each other. All right. Uh, this next story is very short. This is probably the craziest thing that happened to me. One day I was at a party at, at Kalamazoo, Michigan. I, had, I was just about to graduate. This was like a week before I graduate. And I was at a party, and a guy, with a he was wearing that exact shirt tucked into his jeans, all right? That's what he looked like. That's how he showed up to the job interview, all right? And then he was like, hey, man, do you want to smoke? That's what he asked me. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to this man. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to lie to this guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I smoke. And he was like, come outside. And we went outside, and he handed me a joint, and I, and I took a puff of the joint. And the joint made a lot of noise. It crackled like a fireplace, right? Like, it was bad. It was very loud. Some of you guys know where this is going. <laughs> Marijuana is a very quiet drug. It doesn't make a lot of noise. So I was like, sir, what's going on with your joint? Is it just full of firecrackers? What's happening? Are we, perhaps it's a Bluetooth speaker shaped like a joint? What's happening? And he said, don't worry. So I wasn't worried, but he said, don't worry. I sprinkled a little bit of my crack in there. That's what he said. That's what he said. He called it my crack, like it was his grandma's recipe. I really appreciated that. 
And then he handed, he, this is true, he handed it to me again, and I took another puff. And let me, hold on, shut up. You don't know me, shut up. Let me tell you why I took that second puff. The only time it's appropriate to smoke crack is after you've already smoked crack. That's it. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm here, I'm gonna graduate college in a week, I'm gonna fucking smoke some crack. Who cares, right? It wasn't even, it was like a 20 minute thing. It was like an episode of two and a half men. It wasn't that big of a deal. Number two, you ever go to a restaurant, you order something, you get the wrong thing and you eat it anyway? Exact same situation, right? I didn't order a joint of crack, but that's what I got. I'm hungry. Number three, who shares crack? That's insane. In this economy, you're gonna share crack? That's what Jesus would do if he smoked crack, right? That's the most Christian thing. He'd be like, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the crack. That's how that would have gone. All right, you guys are great. Thank you very much. I and we're back here in the Blackout Diaries. That was a hilarious story told by Sorab Feruzas. And we have Sorab in the studio after an amazing stories of Mushrooms, crack, and <laughs> couples counseling. That was a three-for-one trifecta of beautiful uh, drugs, cops, and jobs. Did you guys know the former mayor, disasters. the mayor of Chicago, has a alcohol beverage line? <laughs> Wait, what? Dailies? That's a different day. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a different. So what are you drinking there while we interview you there, Sareb? We have these uh, left over in my freezer. Okay. Mm-hmm. July 4th of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like this real trashy, like frozen cocktail. Uh, but I'm yeah. just frankly in love with it. But the straw goes through Capri Sun style. Yeah, the, the straw goes through <laughs> Capri Sun, and it's five percent alcohol, so it's not much. Right, and it's already frozen, so already it kind frozen. of does a thing. Well, so you you, you kind of have like to Capri do Sun. that with with mass produced frozen alcohol beverages. You almost have to underserve them because they're they they taste so dangerously good. That you're just gonna drink ten of them, no matter what level of alcohol's in them. Also, it's got to be tough to make something like this because it's just it just screams out for children to drink. <laughs> yeah, no shit. They're they're banning vapes, but they have like ecto cooler vodka, <laughs> just like gummies. I mean, how does that not give you a brain freeze too? Just Did you hear about? Wasn't that in? Uh, was it Detroit recently? A kid brought in a drink like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. for his, like, uh, not show and tell day, but, like, you had to bring in a drink for nap time or something, and it had alcohol in it. And he he didn't realize that, and he served it to himself and some of his friends. And the AP report is just hilarious because it's like the teacher reported it when their behavior started to be confrontational. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's funny. They were were picking on uglier girls (laughs) than the same when they were liking it. (laughs) That, that used to be the norm, though. You know, pack, pack the, you'd pack your kid with a little, little booze at lunch. You know, if he was quiet, that'll be him. You know, speak up or whatever. Every, and uh, calm I was. Down. A, I, don't, I don't. Do you know what's both interesting? Of you guys, I, I, this might sound mean, but I yeah. get the vibe that yeah. both of you guys had a beer at a shockingly young age. Well, yeah, I was probably seven. I was pretty six, young. Seven, um, yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, if we're talking about like actually drinking glass. a full drink and not a taste, like a full right. drink, That's I different. think was like. I think I started drinking regularly in fifth grade. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean, not not alcoholic, <laughs> you know, no, like I know, you know, I like know. I'm unwinding I mean, from a day at you know yeah. elementary <laughs> school with the loosening oh, the tie. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, I definitely tasted it when we were like six or seven, I guess. How about you? Now you strike me as somebody who maybe didn't drink until college, Sora. Yeah, I didn't really. I had a, I got drunk at a high school basketball game and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I also uh, discovered marijuana fairly early and loved that. So it's just it's just diff- it's just different. And you you're not a real big drinker. Like you have like some wine no. at shows and everything like that. But it, it's it's not really your thing, yeah, right? You have an occasional fr- frozen daily fruit drink out of the freezer. <laughs> but uh... yeah, let's get into the story here. So we, you went to school at. Where was it? Bowling Green? No, Western Michigan. Western University. Michigan. Yeah. Western Michigan. And our only famous alumni is Tim Allen. That's Tim right. Allen. He sponsors a stand up cool comedy program uh, at Western Michigan. Yep. He's, he's, uh, he's the only celebrity I want to meet. If this ever gets back to him, please contact me. I will work with you, I will do whatever you want. We can um, make this happen. Even if he's, he's also, you ever have like a celebrity in your head where if you're like, if I meet that guy, I have. 
a conversation ready to go. Yeah. Like, if I, it, sure. Who's yours, CJ? If you met a celebrity, you're like, oh. well, let's get back to Tim Allen here real quick. <laughs> Mine would also be Tim Allen. You, you would be talking Western Michigan. I'll be talking Coke dealer with Tim Allen. <laughs> A lot of common. I, I would like to talk power tools with them. So the three yeah, of us, there's a lot uh, of like, like we a can, lot of Tim Allen's yeah. to get hold of. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I have a conversation ready to go. We used to do we used to do coke off of uh, uh, a picture of his, a framed picture of his. We had. Oh, um, I love that. Uh, Hilarious. The picture was a mug. Hilarious. The picture was his mug shot where he's ha- he has that awesome yeah. mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great mug shot. It's a good mug shot. <laughs> It's a good school. We had a lot of fun. I remember one time we had a uh, we were on the news because uh, one time we had a St. Paddy's Day like party at this like parking lot, mm. and someone stole like a piece of like construction equipment. It was just like <laughs> doing donuts with it. <laughs> that was a fun party, man. I got tear gassed a couple times. It was a good. It was a good school. It was a good school, man. We had fun. I have a buddy who did that. And he was complaining about all the things that he was thrown in jail. You know, so they arrested him, of course. And then you know, you you show up. And you see all the charges against you. He's like, oh, well, you know, so they got me for drunk driving, uh, disorderly mm-hmm. conduct, uh, evading an arrest. And, you know, uh, it, I don't have a class C license. And it turns out you need that to drive uh, a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like the, turn, the turns out crimes. Yeah. <laughs> turns out that transferred over to this state. I had no idea. <laughs> they don't tell me. They're sending stuff to my old address. How am I supposed to know? I never, I never got arrested, and that was, and I feel like it's shockingly easy not to get arrested in co- That's, at a party uh, school. It's not yeah. that hard. Well, yeah. it's interesting you say that because the cops are involved in a lot of your stories that you talked about <laughs> during the set of Blackout Diaries. Let's get right into that main one, the Cedar Rapids story, which is Cedar hilarious. Point. Cedar Point. Cedar Point. I'm sorry. It's a roller for anyone, Cedar any Point. listeners who don't know. It's a roller coaster park, uh, like outside of Toledo, yes. Ohio. Greatest roller coaster park in the yeah. world. It's huge, right? The, it's like, enormous. Are massive there, right? They're the biggest in the country, or something like that. Large. It's huge. Yeah. Wow. They also set the record every every year for like uh, tallest and fastest. Oh yeah, they're hilarious. Yeah. Cause some it's like some place in like uh like a uh, like Kuwait where Dubai will build a bigger one, and Cedar Point will just be like, "Fuck <laughs> you, we, we right. start digging tomorrow." You know? Here's yep. an inside fact about Cedar Point: they will hire like NASA guys because NASA guys have fun d- designing roller coasters. Like that's I'm that's sure that's, that's how they un- that's how they unwind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have it go through a building? Why not? Fuck it. Thinking if we get it fast enough, I'm sure it won't hurt them. <laughs> so did you work at Cedar Point? I is did. That what Actually, all right, can perfect. I talk about how some of the story is false? Or- no, please. Uh, let's, let's hear it all. This is this is Our listeners want to hear the, the straight dope here from you. So whatever you want to say. Yeah. But there is a saying, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> Fair I, mean, you know, I mean, don't let the don't let facts tie you up, you know. <laughs> I will but kind go of ahead. the way my writing style works is I'll take something that happened that is silly and then I will keep adding to it. I will keep adding f- fictional things to it until it becomes a really funny joke. Sure. Yeah, well, it's sam- that's just how like, I write. So the core, it's like sampling. So let me tell you the, the part of the story that actually happened. I did. I did in reality sell mushrooms in college. Okay. I did in reality take them with me to Cedar Point to sell them to the other employees. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of dorks there, and I didn't eat all of them. I gave some to my other fraternity brothers, um, but I ate the most. I ate. Okay. I ate about a half ounce of mushroom. Um. And I did. I did report to work. They did tell me I needed to operate one of the rides. I did say I did refuse, but I didn't say it's because I was high. I said it was because um, I didn't. I was. I was essentially kind of was like I'm too stupid to do that. <laughs> right. You're incapable. Incapable yeah. of performing. Right. These activities. And what was their response? They were fine with it because at that point the mushrooms hadn't kicked in yet. Yeah. Right. I, right. I, I I was fine because that was one of the first. Really? Yeah, because I ate them in the parking lot, walked in. We had already <laughs> done an orientation. So they were like, here's what you're doing today. And I actually played it off pretty well. I was like, listen, I'm not a science guy. I'm not a math guy. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't be operating this ride. You know? I probably shouldn't be in charge of seatbelts <laughs> yeah, right? at this point. <laughs> Like, I was like, why don't you give me something small? And they were like, okay, you can work. The original job they gave me was you can work the the uh, handicap uh, wheelchair uh, little building. So you're the one that, that 
it's like when someone comes to get a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair, I drive it out to them and that's it. Oh, you bring it out to like the bullpen <laughs> cart or something like that. I right. go there and then the mushrooms <laughs> hit me. Luckily, I'm with other people who are cool. <laughs> who I'm like, listen, I'm high. How about you guys do all the work? And they're like, sweet, whatever. <laughs> uh, I do try to do a, uh, a, a whip it. I do try to do a whip it out of what I thought was a duster can. WD-40, I believe you say during yes. the set. And then unfortunately, <laughs> it, it does turn out to be WD-40. That did also happen. I mean, is that really that much more harmful to you than a whippet, though, when you're doing those kind I mean, of it, you are going to have a very distinct smell for the rest of the day, though. Yeah. I mean, you're going to smell like a lawnmower engine. Too. Yeah. I also challenge somebody. You know, there's I, I, I would have to wager everybody in the United States – at least two dozen people have done that. I can't be the only one ever to accidentally. Well, I mean, if you're going two dozen people as to the ratio of peop- a population in the United States, you can you, you can go further down the line <laughs> of, of bad things. You're talking about 24 out of 300 million. Yeah, but whatever. You know what? Double it. Give me 24. Give me 24. So, I mean, it sounds like this a pretty truthful story so far. I don't know what you're even correcting here. Here's where it, it, the, the, the falsehoods come in. I did... Uh, I was told, like, I they eventually transferred me out of the wheelchair place and they put me into Joe Cool's store. There was Joe Cool, Joe Cool guy store, right? right. And at that one? point, um, the, I will tell you one of the fascinating experiences about this: the mushrooms left my system very early, which is something mm-hmm. I learned after doing this. Is if you eat a lot of mushrooms, they won't stay in your system as long than if you eat a normal amount of mushrooms. Which is a fascinating wow. thing. Now, did you tell your bosses this at all? No, Listen, they're gonna no, get, they're gonna be out of here real quick. I sobered up fairly early, and then while I was at the Joe Cool store, I was just grumpy and just in a bad mood, and they 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 fired me from the Joe Cool store. Ah, they fired you weren't you weren't Joe Cool at all. You were I was uh, not Gary Joe Grumps. Cool at all. And then the next day, they told me that I couldn't come back to Cedar Point, and then wow. no one banned me for life. I was just it was just uncomfortable. To be honest with you, I think your problem was not telling them that you're on mushrooms. If you just say, <laughs> I agree. I mean, if you just say yeah. I'm incompetent and I can't exactly. operate this ride, like, well, what, what good are you? If you say I'm on drugs, oh, you're just unreliable. We can deal with that. <laughs> but a police we can have backups. But if we if you can't do a job, then, you know, you might as well, uh, if we can't even handle Joe Cool Shop, yeah, get Joe, the hell out of here. You're 100% right. <laughs> right. Yeah. What were we going to say about the policeman? Uh, a pol- a, a, the, the reason that that story, uh, I do that story as a joke now, and the joke and the punchline is that, um, they called the cops, and the cop showed up, and the cop was like, uh, well, you know, where are the mushrooms? And I said, I ate right. them. Yeah, you and, then the cop, and then the cop leaves, because apparently if you're on mushrooms, but you don't have any mushrooms on you, it's not illegal, which is true, and a cop did tell me that once, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is really funny, so I tried but- to— yeah, you were on mushrooms when he told you that, so who knows, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what you remember. So the second story is 100% true. I did have two friends, Dan and Justin, who did get into a fight uh, at their um, uh, apartment. The police did show up, and they did write it up as a domestic abuse, probably because the cops were just just annoyed that these two idiots were wasting their time. Right. They sure. can't believe they're getting called out for a normal domestic abuse situation, <laughs> let alone <laughs> a fake, yeah, a let alone two, two assholes just I getting in a drug fight with each other. I know it's that a, we as a fraternity made fun of them for being in couples counseling. I don't actually right. know... That's, been that's lost. amazing. That's been lost in fraternity <laughs> lore. If they actually did go to couples counseling, we as an organization like to think that they did. And it, it, beca- it was such a joke for so long that no one it it has now happened. Like I no kind of I mean, you got to love that. Cop. We, we have a saying here on the black guy. And don't defund the police. Okay? You can defund all you want, but just don't defund them. Yeah, don't defund you in. Don't defund them. <laughs> Yeah, fun. Don't like don't 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 take away those a fun little sentence like that. Making two guys go to couples couple, counseling. Could you imagine for, being for, like their therapist? Come out three a.m. Like trying yeah. to get two frat heads to open up in couples therapy. You know, they could have used it. I'm sure they could have, but like I imagine, like if the therapist is like, "Well, okay, Jimbo, I right. want you to say something nice." Now, how did you feel? How did you feel when Tim used your shampoo to masturbate in? And did you uh, did you feel violated? Now, how does that make you feel? It's your personal rights. I, I think I also in that story I had a little pun, a thing about how my, I had a friend named Miguel who um, threw up at a party once, 
and a sorority girl saw it and went, oh, my God, it looks like wood chips. Yeah, that you say that in there. <laughs> After a pound and a half of pulled pork. I'm yeah, that is my wood favorite chips. college memory of wood all time. Chips. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen happen. Yeah, ever. she's pretty distinct. Yeah, that. she was. That's she was great. very. Dis- yeah, she was like, "Oh my god, it looks like." Also, one time Miguel threw up um, half of an entire undigested hot dog, <laughs> so we just assumed he ate like a goat or something. We never really fully understood. <laughs> also, my my friend Chris did take a human shit in my litter box. I never oh. contacted. That sounded like a, was that a bet or is that just something? No, it's just, just him. Did. He loved. He was just one of those weird white kids who got drunk and liked to poop on things. A classic, yeah, classic fraternity humor. Like usually Mount you'll Everson. have one uh, fraternity. Usually has one guy with a legit one good pooper, sense of yeah. humor. One pooper, well, no, but like I think like the hierarchy of humor at a fraternity is there's one guy who's legitimately funny. Like Sorb, you were probably that person in your no, fraternity. There were funnier guys than me. No, no, well, no, no oh, there were funnier guys than me. But like usually the the next echelon is a guy who just craps in things. He's like the prankster. <laughs> yeah, I I just did a prank in a girl's dormitory. Uh, <laughs> what you do? I shit in her hamper. What? That's not a. It's not a prank at all. That's just oh, <laughs> first of all, there's a lot of code violations going on. Right? Um, so you like this fraternity sounds like a blast that you were in. Like, how did you know? Uh, like, did you pledge? Were you like, oh, these are the guys for me? Like, when did you know this is this? Is, I, I, I'm gonna hitch my wagon to these guys. Someone on the the floor of the dorm room I lived in joined, and then I, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's that first year of college. You know, you're you're supposed to be having a good time, but you don't right. know how. You mm-hmm. know. And they and they over- accidentally gave you they accidentally gave you crack. <laughs> Next thing you know, <laughs> Next thing you know, you're at Rush Week. I stopped into like a party of theirs once, and all the kids were weird. Like they were the weird sure. fraternity, which is what I liked about them. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. None of the kids were rich or like you know like like hoity toity. It was all like it was like a couple art kids and a bunch yeah, of just a couple couple guys shitting in a litter box, <laughs> you know. How about, uh, how about, let's get into this crack real quick before we get, let you go here. <laughs> that, unfortunately, I'll, I'll tell you the origin of that joke, right? Yeah. Uh, the origin of that joke is I learned at one point in my stand-up career that the audience doesn't care if something happens to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I felt like whenever I told a story about my friend did blank, there was a separation. Yeah, you can't yeah, don't do that. Tell, I don't. It, that's a. It's cowardly. You're cowarding out. You right. Sure. So I just decided that if I have a joke where something mm. someone does something crazy, just for the sake of writing, I'm going to make it about me, just to get rid of that. So in reality, my friend. In that's Bruce, a good. Yeah, that's a good story to pawn to to take possession of because no one's really going to be upset with you for not smoking crack. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's a good story. Yeah. That's fine at all. But you know. <laughs> so in reality, the way the way this turns out is my friend went to Brazil mm-hmm. uh, for a vacation, and he's a big pothead. <laughs> and he was like, the whole time he was there, he was like, I just want to smoke some weed. Do you guys know where I can get some weed? And finally, like, one of these Brazilian dudes was like, oh, yeah, you can come to my friend's house with me and we'll smoke a joint. So they go to, like, a favela. They go Mm -hmm. to, like, a rough part of Brazil and they smoke a joint. And he notices that there's something weird in the joint. And he, like, in front of all these Brazilian dudes, he's like, hey, what's going on with this joint? And one of them is like, oh, yeah, no one just smokes weed here. We usually throw (laughs) in, like, a little bit of, like, something else. So they were like, there's a little bit of crack. Some dust, something fun. Right. So my friend tells us a story, and we're laughing. We think it's the funniest thing ever. And he gets kind of annoyed at us for laughing. And he goes, guys, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it was really bad weed, but it was great crack. Like, that's how he finishes the story. And it's very funny, yeah. right? As a comic, I yeah. hear that. And I'm like, that's a good that's a, pun- that's a good button. That's a funny sentence. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I would do this joke about how I accidentally smoked crack, and then I get the audience to make a reaction, and then I do that. And I go... Oh, well, calm down, guys. It was it was bad weed, but it was great tech. And I did that joke for like a year, and it just never really did that well. And then I rewrote it, and it became that story. And I'm just yeah. really proud. That yeah. joke is just, I just like that joke a lot. I do it all the time. It's great. It's well, great. we support it. Yeah, yeah, we support it. We so, support I mean, it. you, uh, we were together at the Comedy Bar uh, a couple weeks ago. You were amazing. You're impossible to follow. I had to follow you every time. You do a lot of crowd work, too. You're great at that. I like talking to the crowd. They're fun. Yeah, you're really good at it too. You're very. Uh, that was a good show. That was that was you did you did really well too. Let's just suck each other's dicks. Let's nah, okay. take your dicks out. <laughs> I did okay, but yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so you perform at the comedy bar. You're all over. Uh, before we let you go, yeah, why don't you follow me on? Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram. I, I post my schedule, 
and all my little dumb little reels. Uh, it's so Rob is brown. Uh, it's good. here. We'll, we'll put it right here. We'll put it right here. Yeah, we'll put it. Put your finger up there. So Rob is brown. So Rob at- is brown uh, at, on Instagram and and uh, my name. And so Rob right. on YouTube. You can, I have a good. I have a nice little YouTube channel. I post. Um, and then, yeah, and, then, and then come check out a show. Some, and then I run a fun little show in Lincoln Park, Chicago, called the Love Below Comedy Show. We're one of the longest running independent comedy shows in Chicago. Come check us out. Nice. Us and we'll make time. sure we tag Tim Allen and all of this so we can get you guys together. <laughs> yes, please. I don't Tim know Allen. if he will be. Yeah, I don't know if what his opinion on be of you, you lying about smoking crack. But I want to say he's. Uh, I think he's for it. Yeah, I say he's for it as well. <laughs> since since he's a guy who dimed out on all his friends to get out of jail early on a coke sentence. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, thanks for thanks joining so much, us. Buddy. That was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And check out our platforms. Absolutely. So unfortunately. All right, we'll be back next on the Blackout Diaries. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. This is Sean Flannery, and that's CJ <laughs> Sullivan. That was Sarab you just heard from. Uh, CJ, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, this, is a, this is a tough uh, uh, episode for me to get through. When I laugh real hard, I start a coughing fit because I'm still recovering from COVID. I did notice, Sean, yes. I, I caught COVID <laughs> yeah, for, the, for the first time. Amazing. Now, you caught COVID uh, for the first time. and that's. Uh, I've been telling everyone I'll never be able to catch it. It couldn't get me if it wanted to. Yeah, I was just going to say, you, you're definitely the first that would brag <laughs> hard, that would anger your wife. I have been. <laughs> you're very cocky. Said I never... I I'm, I am convinced though I only got it due to like an anomaly where so of course, uh, of course. you know because that the people that don't have it now and I haven't had it yet either and I I yeah. I don't brag about it and I don't get cocky with it because I think that's exactly when you get hit with it you're the opposite you've always been with, with any kind of illnesses you you always think you're invincible and you're loud about it um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you getting caught with it that is an eye opener for me it's kind of like when. Uh, they say when Belushi died, like all the cokeheads. And yeah, like Robin true. Williams, like, Jesus, if he can go down, you know, <laughs> and you can get so <laughs> if you can get COVID and like I'm on high alert. But it's funny now, especially with people like us who haven't got it. And then we do get it. People want to blame something for it. Now, now, now you have to have like you do. I bet it was that one son of a bitch. You know, like- I so I, I I do have that thought. So, you know, as listeners know, every Friday at 10 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge, we have our live show. Mm-hmm. Now this Friday, due to like kind of a scheduling mishap, we were in a smaller theater, and uh, it, the show was just like kind of ca- it was sold out. It was great, but it was it was uh, it was always like one mistake away from just being a powder keg that would just like totally erupt. <laughs> yeah, that's a great and tag- at one point, that's a great tagline like- <laughs> for the Blackout Diaries in general. By the way, if you want to away from being a powder keg. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, our our headliner uh, failed to show up, but our mutual friend Nate Craig was in town oh, nice. uh, and stopped by. I put him on stage. He does great. But these these like uh, three like kind of like for bat- lack of a better word like derelicts come in. <laughs> like they almost look like they like off the streets. They didn't pay cover and they start heckling them. Yeah. And I'm like, Heckle oh Nate? Jesus, this is never. Haglin Nate and Nate's kind of making fun of them, but they're so drunk they don't know they're being made right. fun of. Yeah. You know, and Not and I'm like, and the. So I was just annoyed, and like the whole evening was kind of stressful. So I, I grabbed the one dude by the lapels, what? and I, I pick him up. Yes. Yeah, I grab him by the lapels, and I pick <laughs> him up, and I start throwing him out. And he's like, whoa, 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 we're all having fun. And Nate's like, uh, yeah, Sean, we're having fun. And I'm like, they didn't pay cover. Right. So these guys, that like they're like, like I don't know, they look like 17 years old. Like they all pull out $10 bills and and give me money mm-hmm. so i'm like okay all right i guess i'll let you stay now that you paid <laughs> that's, cover. A, that's a good example to shut all right you can be as loud as you want if you give me cash <laughs> you can stay and abuse the performers that's a great precedent i should do that that'd be a good way to monetize shows like, kind of like at cedar point they have what's called the fast pass yeah where you don't have to wait in line you pay like an extra 100 bucks you don't have to wait like i'll be like hey listen we we don't you you can berate these heckler yeah, accounts, like but sw- you you got to pay for the heckler pass. Right. It's know? a modern swear jar, you know. It's like, listen, here's fifty <laughs> bucks. I'm gonna lay into this. I'm gonna disrupt everything. <laughs> so you kicked them out physically, but then you let them go. They gave I, you money? I let them come back in after they uh, they paid me money. That's hilarious. So you think those derelicts gave you the code? I think so. Yeah, all I right, think so. I'll go with that. That's fine. 
<laughs> you got to blame someone. It's certainly not the got to blame somebody. Certainly not the virus because now because you're being extra <laughs> no. careful. <laughs> it's kind of like the way we are with hangovers. You never blame it on your beer. You blame it on on some other. You know, well, and then I had a piece of cake when I came home, yes. and that never sits well. That's and- always that's always what drunks do. We blame everything but the alcohol itself, and that's funny. You yep. should say that, Sean, because. Uh, Obviously, today's subject is work, uh, drinking on the job or working yep. with alcohol-related issues. Um, yesterday, we did a fun show of uh, that will be coming out soon, the Friendship Onion, and um, mm-hmm. they asked you. <laughs> you said you said you've been fired from many jobs, but never once for drinking. Never once was it alcohol. That's one hundred percent correct. Yeah, Dom and Billy, the Friendship <laughs> Onion podcast. Uh, under oath, I said I've never been fired. It's hilarious, and that's uh, and I be- uh, for drinking, and I believe you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> as a man, as someone who known you for half of your adult life and read your book about your the rest of your adult life, and uh, it's pretty obvious drinking plays a little part and involved. Even if it's from hangover the night before, like you were saying, but you can't, you know, whatever. It's it's at least side by side in a a silent mm-hmm. a silent partner in a lot of <laughs> in a lot of your uh, in a lot of your devices. Um, but it also led to uh, at least some fun stories when it comes to drinking. Now, before we get to some of our own personal stories, Sean, we're going to go into a segment we haven't done in a while called Open Invite. Yeah. Which is Open we, Invite. Yeah. That's when we have a famous story of someone out there who has usually have to do with the subject we have, who does not have to submit a tape to get onto the Blackout Diaries. Does not have to get Walk it. up, introduce yourself, and we'll put you right on yep. stage. No You've app- earned it. No application right on there. Handshake, bring it on there. And this is a, this is a famous drunken job story. This is when a, uh, a drunk court reporter, uh, I think it was in New York. He was, it was in New York. He, <laughs> during a full day of court, he just randomly typed, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job, over and over. <laughs> like uh, like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, basically. Yeah. <laughs> While drunk. <laughs> right, hammered at, the, <laughs> hammered at the day. He was an alcoholic. Let me, let me see. This was back in... Uh... Let me read some of this to you, CJ. All right. Alcoholic Manhattan court stenographer <laughs> Daniel Koncheski. What a great... Re- <laughs> What a great title! And I'd open up that article. Alcoholic court stenographer Dan Kaczynski. Like the first word they say about you is you're an alcoholic. Wreaked havoc on some thirty court cases after typing quote gibberish instead of documenting speech. At one point, going also to your port, shining and repeatedly typing, "I hate my job. I hate my job." <laughs> And I was, the, I was the, the gibberish before that. Before he, he got bored with that, and then he went to the "I hate my job." That's amazing. This is great. His wholly inaccurate court reporting came to light during a very serious case, too, with Konchik botching transcript during the 2010 mortgage fraud trial of Aaron Hand, who was convicted of trying to hire a hitman to take out a witness. So I love that. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Your Honor, could you read back? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the witness's answer there. Oh, man. That's the <laughs> Oh, sure. That won't be a problem. Uh, Mr. Kokachevsky, uh, could I get uh, that witness's uh, last reply? And then manager just <laughs> looking a, at that. <laughs> what a lucky day for that guilty defendant, too, though. Like, <laughs> listen, as, as your lawyer, we are fucked. Okay. You never, you know, you hired a hitman. It was obviously a cop. It's always a cop. But lucky day for us the stenographer was hammered <laughs> and we might have ourselves a mistrial because he didn't document one thing that happened today during the trial <laughs> one thing i've always loved is so and maybe we'll get into some more personal stories but I, you know i've i, I work in software engineering mm-hmm. I, we used to go to this bar called monks a lot like as a group uh, me and all the software engineers yes. and like people are really throwing them down at this bar it's in downtown chicago monks it's a great beer bar yeah and I've always wondered, like, when you see somebody getting really drunk or, like, a big group of coworkers getting really drunk, you're like, I wonder what he does for a living. Like, what job is he going back to? Right, right. Daniel? He's a, he's a court stenographer for federal <laughs> judge. He's a pilot. He's like... <laughs> this is a pretty great quote about that day. Claudia Trump, the Senator of Appeal Litigation, goes, I've never had a situation where a single court reporter was responsible for so much damage. 
<laughs> well, you know, that's a great I wonder if that's where they finally like the judges like, why the fuck are we still typing these answers? It's, I can't believe like, you know, like it, it, it's 2000. I think this happened in 2015, right. but it doesn't matter. It could have been 1987. I mean, there's microphones. There's. Uh, on, everything yeah put like, on what? google dictate like google could fucking translate that for you like, you know like, what I, the more i think about this i'm on daniel's uh, side of here. course that's why he's got an open invite the da report <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious the da yeah, <laughs> we always talk ourselves in these drunken destructionist like these <laughs> anarchists like you know what they did something good for us to start they, they told yeah. us how wrong we were in this book first of all world. why should you be doing 30 trials in one day yeah, how is anyone getting a fair trial i know here? he probably <laughs> Exactly. Only separate, different cases like a porn actor. He doesn't yeah. know what movies they're shooting 10 a day. The DA office hauled him in and forced him to try to make sense of his gibberish transcripts, an effort that <laughs> apparently failed. <laughs> I do. Uh, like, that's almost like like high school. Where you've been like, uh, right. you know, you got caught cheating or something, mm-hmm. and then they bring you in there, and they, they have all the evidence, but they're waiting. Uh, we're just trying to see if you could make heads or tail of this here, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> or you ever like write, you ever write something when you're uh, drunk, you know, obviously like, write jokes or whatever when you're drunk at night, like oh, ideas, God. and you look at it the next yeah. day, like, first of all, what is this that I'm saying, and why did I think this is funny? I don't even know what this word is. Like, so, uh, <laughs> Daniel, can you? You have any idea what this guy's testimony was? Oh man, that could be anything. Uh, uh, kill my wife, I think. I think he said, "Yeah, kill my wife." There, I'm like, it could be anything, though. I don't know. Can also have a good life. It could be anything, right there. Oh man! But they're held well, reconstruction we'll hearings. Daniel. Well, this is funny. The sonographer. <laughs> I love when they, they interview the ex-wife. That <laughs> the paper gets to the ex-wife. <laughs> you, you go to the one. Go to the person that hates him the most. I'll tell you what that asshole is. Up. <laughs> the, the ex-wife says he became an alcoholic five years ago, <laughs> and then <laughs> and, and then the job pushed him over the edge. Um, reconstruction hearings have been happening where where, <laughs> where those involved just to testify, just try to remember whatever they could. And he he denies it, which I love, which is also why he has the open invite. He he doesn't deny he doesn't deny the part where he says I hate my job, but he said I never typed gibberish. I always did my job one hundred percent. I was let go because of the substance abuse, but I'm one year sober now. I can't wait to get back. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was years ago. I I, I hope Daniel continued on his road to recovery, but I also hope he did. Because uh, he, he's had a great path. I love the reconstruction. The reconstruction hearings. That's amazing. Oh yeah, that's absolutely great. Um, well, you know, speaking of a sort of losing jobs and and disputes about you, you know whether why you're being let go, you were telling me or mm-hmm. alluding to a great story at the comedy club you were working this weekend. Where they let a waitress go, but then let her finish her shift, which yes. I've always loved. Lame duck sessions mm-hmm. are great. Right. Yeah. We, 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 there's drinking on the job, and then there's the uh, the the fuck it. I'm at. I, I know I'm out mm-hmm. this job. I'm then I'm gonna get hammered. And the, yeah, it was a lame duck shift, which is a which is a great underrated uh, work shift. When and it only happens in retail and food service industry. Because any manager in a more professional industry would know that's a catastrophic mistake. You do not put somebody <laughs> exactly. on the clock to represent your business the whole two who week, knows right. they are going to be terminated. Exactly. <laughs> and that goes around, whatever, that whole two-week notice thing and all that. Like, they don't really don't have to do that for you. But, I mean, whatever, you're trying to be nice. But, like, yeah. f- to openly do it as the manager, that, that's, yeah, I mean, you are absolutely... <laughs> Asking for it, and this was we yeah. have to. So it was Laugh Factory in Los Angeles. So it was there last uh, last week. It was Wednesday. It was packed and um, whatever. Great shows. And she wasn't uh, she wasn't a, a waitress. She was a hostess, I believe. Um, okay. But the hostess there, you know, it's just with her. It's packed. You got to help out everyone. Like, it's a whole team thing. Sure. And every, everyone's running around. Yeah. You know. And yep. She, apparently, the, the, I didn't get too much of the backstory, but she was on thin ice to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> and she was fired, and she was fired, and told to finish the shift out. It might have been, might have been told the next. And I think they even told him next week will be your final week. Like that's what I gave her. You know, one of those things. Like, okay. Try to uh, try to soften the blow. 
You know, I want you gone, but I don't want to be changing the schedule. mm -hmm. I don't want to have to make any phone calls. (laughs) Could you just give me the best week of your life? Right. (laughs) Before I terminate you. And I watched that, and that lasted about 20 minutes. She gave her, she gave them, (laughs) she gave them the best 20 minutes she had until she realized, what the fuck am I doing? Fuck these people. You know, and I'm, and I'm definitely on her side. And so she's totally. So she's coming up to me, whatever. There's a little corner where the comics are, and like there was a part where this waitress had to come up on stage, and she's like, "Does she know that she does she know that she has to do it?" Then, like I told her, then she's going like, "Well, it'll be okay. You want me to get?" I'm like, "Do you want me to get her and tell her she have to she has to wait?" Because there was a part where the waitress had to come on stage with one of the comics and do a bit or something like that. I forget what it was, but and she goes, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm out of here. Fuck all these people. I hope this place burns to the ground." And she's yelling this. <laughs> I mean, she's yelling this. Like, it's going to where people are looking over, like, but they think it's comics talking. We're like, this is even us, you know, this is her. And now she's walking around, people, and then, and like, can you pick, <laughs> which is like, can you pick this, like, you know, that table up? Do you want to, and she's like taking glasses, moving them to different tables, kind of like, uh, Chevy Chase and Fletch when he's faking to be a waiter and he's just picking up drinks yeah. off of people's tables and putting on other people's tables. That's what she's doing. <laughs> she's picking up drinks and just moving them to different tables. Like, here, does that help? Does that, has that helped clear the path? And shit like that. And then there's one manager, please, can you please just be a team player for, for once? Like, a team <laughs> player. Like, try to... Uh, <laughs> Like plea to that side of her, and she's like, it's yeah. just like, it's like, now I hope you all go. To, like I hope this all goes to hell. This is all bullshit. Just, she just kept yelling, "This is all bullshit!" Like whatever. And she got, <laughs> like she got wronged. And then fi- finally, like the managers were like, "Okay, this this can't happen." And they, they, they yeah, they let her go with the rest of the night. Like, okay, you know what? You know what? You're right. This was a bad idea, and it took you proving it to us. <laughs> Thank you for those twenty minutes, but yeah, you need to get out of here right now. <laughs> you, you know, you've taught me a valuable management lesson that I. <laughs> I won't forget Absolutely. Uh, for the rest of my career. <laughs> now, Sean, you had a lame duck shift one time, and you did the opposite. You did some of the best work. Set you- a sales record. That Might com- still stand. Lady Footlocker, <laughs> Summit Mall, 1996. Oh, man. I love all of your Lady Footlocker stories. I feel that's a very like, that's your origin almost, like the, the, the comic book I, hero I, I was in the shoe story. business for like 10 years. Very Kenny Shoes, Bundy Lady Footlocker, Footlocker. Ken- they were all owned by Kenny Shoes. Like, Kenny that, that, Shoes. That's the parent corporation. Right, so it's Kenny uh, Shoes, Foot Locker, and Lady Foot Locker. And, let, and you were telling me earlier, Lady Foot Locker, usually when I was in the malls, they were connected to the Foot Locker, but yours was separate, you mm-hmm. said? And could Not, you sh- Yeah, in the mall we were at, they were separate. Uh, right. And it was funny because you'd always just, one of the things I love about retail is you would get, you would always just get fired because you got in some dumb argument with your manager. I, uh-huh. I was fired from Lady Foot Locker because I refused to prank call the naturalizer, which was a competing uh, shoe store. And I was like, <laughs> right. I'm not doing, you know, like the women that work there are all like, you know, f- you know, 45 years old, which at the time seemed like an elderly person to me. You know, <sighs> I'm like, I'm not, you know. Yeah, of course. So he fired me, but he let me do the last shit. But you would always get fired from one job and then you would go over to the next job. Like mm-hmm. you would just go back to Foot Locker, which had fired you six months ago. <laughs> and then they would always be like. Oh, you're looking for hours now, and I'm like, yeah. They're like, what? You know, remind me. What? Why? Why'd you ever leave here? What? And, and like, they could never remember that they fired right. you. Like and you you'd said, be like, oh, you know, you didn't have enough hours for me at the time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you would just rotate between right. these three stores. You know, there was no, there was no records back then of what. There were no records. You, you were back written up. I like, I like you having to turn in your whistle and then picking up a uh, pink striped shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and just picking up a different shift, <clears throat> but so you got fired from Foot Locker, and then you and then he's they, like, you, he's like, tonight's your last shift, and we had been. I mean, it's never only one thing, but we had been arguing. Like he didn't like me, I didn't like him, and he's <laughs> like, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna take you off the schedule. You can finish tonight. But they kept shift. you on the floor. Now you're on the floor, Al Bundy style, selling shoes. Al Bundy style, and right. I set a sales record because I knew I wasn't gonna be there, and I you basically worked alone, mm-hmm. and uh, so. I was just making up the return policy. I was like, if you were even remotely looking at shoes, I was going to get you into a pair of shoes. <laughs> you were the like, shoe you don't salesman. Like it. I, like, so I tell you what, wear them for a week, come back, you don't like these, triple your money back. You know, like I was saying ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous things. Wear for a week, try them out there, give them a floor run out there, see how they place, <laughs> double your money. Because free so- I was throwing in free socks. Oh, yeah, uh, Michael socks. <laughs> What can Free I, everything. I love the car you, you know. salesmanship. What can I do to get you in a pair of Reeboks today? What's it going to What's it going to take? <laughs> get you into some Andre Agassi's. 
<laughs> oh, I, I should start using that on my resume, you know, when I apply for jobs that I have the 1996. Still stands. I love that. I love that phrase. 77 sales. I don't know if it still stands. I'm going to assume it does. No, absolutely, it still stands for sure. Yeah. The only the only fired employee who was technically wasn't really working. <laughs> oh man. Well, this is the blackout diaries. Do we? Uh, let's wrap it up, Sean, with uh, one last quick segment. Um, yes. When it, this is yet to be named, we want to call it, it's a uh, hell of a hangover segment kind of deal. When you uh, or someone does, <laughs> you wake up. You wake up to learn terrible realities about what you did. Last terrible night. realities, and it's not just obviously like you said, like not just damage yourself, but you've done unreputable damage to a, an entire city. Like you're gonna make point. the news, you know? You're gonna make the news. <laughs> Newsworthy hangovers is a great. <laughs> no, it's not, <laughs> not like I'm gonna yeah. lose my job. Happens <laughs> right. to all of us. I'm gonna lose my marriage. I happens to, to many of us. <laughs> I have to. I have to alert a lot of officials of what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to become a household. Name. <laughs> <laughs> and this was uh, recently. This was back in June. Um, yes, uh, June of the summer of 2022. Is a man. It was in Japan. J- Japanese business. He, Japanese businessman. He lost a USB flash drive with the data of the entire city's residents on it <laughs> after a night out drinking, which <laughs> turns out to be. Close to half a million people of this half city. Half a million uh, people. All of, like, tax information, right. age information, health information. Mm-hmm. Like, he, everything you would need to steal an identity, harm a person. Yep. He uh, he went out drinking after work, which seems like, you know, a normal thing to do. Have a few pops. Sure. But then the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> night got away from him. And then he slept off his... Uh, his drunkenness. He was made in his 40s. He fell asleep on the street after drinking alcohol at a restaurant. And then when he woke up, his bag containing the flash drive was gone. And he works for a company that provides uh, benefits for tax-exempt households and uh, things like that. He transferred all the residents' data onto a flash drive, which included, right, you said, the names, birthdays, addresses, everything for a population of half a million people. It contained contained information like tax details, bank account names yeah. and numbers. It's just great households, and so that <laughs> he couldn't find the flash drive, so he filed a uh, a lost property report, according to the government. And then uh, that afternoon, the company had to notify city authorities about the loss. <laughs> Imagine telling your boss that, like, "Hey, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be a little late on the right. project. I uh, I lost." Uh, the data. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? Like you, uh, like the hard drive is is bad, or you know, how'd you lose it? You know. Well, damn be that. I had it on me. I remember having it on me at happy hour. <laughs> like I'm just walking around town with this thing, drunk or not. <laughs> with this thing, how is this thing not handcuffed to you? <laughs> what well, you know? What else is great about this? I, a lot of people who like are kind of big American drinkers have told me when they've gone to Asia, what flabbergasts them is how it's like how many just business people, uh-huh. businessmen, right. just sleep it off in the streets there. Like it's kind of like normalized <laughs> there. Just, <laughs> absolutely. Just, I guess the country is so safe. It's so just safe. Like, oh, you know what? I'm way too drunk, and, and, and like they're such a proud people. They're like, "Well, I can't. I my kids can't see me this way. My wife surely doesn't yeah, want the, me at the, home. The family, I'm can't just gonna see sleep like in this. the boulevard." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if that's the last, you know, the scariest thing that's gonna happen, you get a bag robbed from you. What's the big deal? Just don't bring it home to the wife. You know, like I said, you should even have a dummy bag. Set it up for him. Here, take this. Just let me. Just give me four hours of sleep on the streets <laughs> right here. There's not a lot of land out here, so please let me doze off. <laughs> One of the things, uh, I think I was the one who sent you this story. This is such a specific story. I was sent this story by like 15 people. Like, like it was like one of those stories <laughs> oh, this story where here? they read it, yeah, I was yeah, the yeah. first person they thought, like, I could totally see Flannery doing this. Sure. Know? Absolutely. I love when I have to, <laughs> and I like when like all those city officials or whatever, government officials have to recap your night for you. Like they have to do an interview. <laughs> okay, Mr. Flannery. When was the last time you remember having this flash drive with My- a hundred million people's fucking. Did I ever tell you about my cousin? Who um, this did not happen to my cousin, but it happened to a couple of his colleagues. You know, he used to mm. work on a nuclear sub, and he was stationed, um, I think, in South Carolina. And this is like during the height of the Cold War, so this is like the 1980s. Yeah. He's older than me, but he said, like, uh, 
one time somebody went out drinking, like one of the nuclear engineers. So they have like the keys to the actual uh, like nuclear reactor, and he got drunk and he like lost them. And, <laughs> right. Like, which is bad enough that you've yeah, lost yeah, yeah. the keys to the nuclear reactor. And I think like they can still get in there, and like it's not the end of the world. But they have to like then prove that like Russian spies didn't actually intercept them so he he said like you have to like sit down with like the fbi and like retrace like go over you're like okay well i was at shooters five (laughs) and then they have to go to shooters interview everyone that was there investigation (laughs) and be like okay well did you see anybody who could have been a russian spy and like like all these resources are getting eaten up by just these drunk assholes (laughs) That's so funny. Those bars are used to these guys coming in. Oh, here they are again, interviewing them. Nope. He went, <laughs> yeah, no FBI. Russians were here last night, FBI. Don't worry. <laughs> Looks like he had a, We thought you might be here. He was he was on one last night. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna do it for today's Blackout Diary, Sean. Uh, we gotta thank uh Sora Fruits for the story and um, Thank you so much. So funny. Yep, and glad you're getting better with the COVID and the uh, strep throat, and um, they got another one. The damn the derelict hecklers got another one. They got another one, but I will be back at the Blackout Diary, so come by uh, every Friday, 10 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge. Uh, also, my book is out now, Places I Can't Return To. You can get that at SeanBearFlannery.com yes. in audio or print. Yep, you can follow. What do you got going on, CJ? Uh, you can just follow me and on CJ Sullivan was taken on Instagram. CJ Sullivan Comedy has all my dates and all that stuff up there. Um, that's it. I don't know. We we'll never know when these things come out. You know what the professionals do, Sean, is they do the pluggings before, like uh, separately, because they record the shows. Or you know. Months ago, whatever. So we can, we're not talking about something that happened like six weeks ago when this thing comes out. We'll figure that out, uh, you know, year two of the show maybe or something like that. Uh, you know, they just do that to make them feel there's I, a point. I know. You feel like none, none, none of this matters. I understand. <laughs> none of the plugging matters. That's the, beauty, that's the beauty of plugging a book. The book's not going anywhere. The book is, time, is, the book is timeless. You can always plug the book. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> you should get it. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it. We don't have a sign off. That's it. Goodbye. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast network.